Hello, you are listening to the Nourish Gut Podcast. This space is for the woman who is suffering from digestive issues like IBS and SIBO. I am your host, Carly Raven. I am a naturopath, clinical nutritionist, gut health expert, and mother. My mission is to help educate you about IBS and SIBO and take you on a journey to resolving your digestive issues. I will have real conversations and give you solutions that I know actually work. So if you're ready to be bloat-free, poo better, have more energy and become free from the fear of food, then you are in the right place. Hello and welcome back to the Nourish Gut Podcast. You are listening to episode 20, where we are going to be talking all about gut motility. And in particular, I want to talk to you about snacking and meal spacing that is typically ideal for people who suffer from both IBS and SIBO. So uh, it really comes down to what type of person you might be when it comes to eating meals. So what I tend to find is we have two categories of people. We have people who can eat three meals a day and feel really satisfied and happy. Or we have people that are chronic snackers and grazers and they just snack, 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 and they just don't ever feel fully satisfied. You may also be the type of person that doesn't quite fit into the first category because you skip breakfast or you do fasting and you're having two meals a day as well. So I wanted to talk to you today about what might actually be the ideal meal spacing um, for your IBS and SIBO and a little bit about why this suggestion could be a really big game changer for you. So I just recommend after listening to this, just change things up a little bit and give it a go and see what happens. Even if you want to track in a journal over the next coming weeks, if you're going to implement this suggestion to see if your symptoms changed based off this one tip. So before I jump into kind of talking about uh, what I recommend, I just wanted to kind of talk first about what's actually happening in your gut, I suppose, Um, and then also a little bit about what's actually specifically happening if you have SIBO as well, because this is going to make a whole lot more sense when I start talking about bowel motility and flushing out of bacteria and why meal spacing um, can be a really great idea. So in terms of your gut, let's just go through a little bit of, I guess, a little bit of gut anatomy for a second. So we've got so many different uh, organs within our digestive system. So we've got the stomach and uh, this is basically where uh, your food goes first, right? And it's where you start to break down your food primarily. Then you've got the small intestine, which is most responsible for absorbing your foods from your gut into your bloodstream. And then finally, you actually have your large intestine where waste is essentially formed and then excreted from the body. So not only do you have organs that are responsible for these different things, you also have processes that occur throughout um, these different organs or even sometimes released within like substances that are released within these organs. And they're things like digestive fluids, so stomach acid and bile, and they're responsible for killing off pathogens. Um, and also they help with absorption, which is really cool. You have enzymes um, that break down your food into uh, like 
nutrients that are even more absorbable as well. And then you've got your gut bacteria, which primarily live in your large intestine. And they can also break anything down which the body can't absorb. So if you think about it, your bacteria live in your large uh, large part of your digestive system. And if they've been able to get through your stomach acid, through your small bowel, which is so long and into the large bowel, they're pretty resistant to absorption. So these gut bacteria also can play a role in doing that, which I think is really, really cool. All right. Now, what also can happen in your bowel is this natural movement that is keeping food moving along your digestive tract. And this is basically what we call peristalsis, right? And it's contractions and movement that are happening in your bowel. And this is really natural and normal. And all of us will have this occurring. And what can actually happen is we also have a migrating motor complex. And this is responsible as well for the clearance of different bacteria. So it's really cool, isn't it? There's lots of different things happening in the digestive system, lots of processes, lots of organs, and they're all kind of you know, working in harmony, keeping things really happy. Now, when we look at SIBO in particular, this is when we've got an overgrowth of bacteria in the small intestine where it shouldn't be, all right? Unfortunately, we can actually get issues to the brush border, so damage. And um, so this is when nutrients exit the small intestine and get into the bloodstream. So we don't want damage to that brush border occurring because we don't want any issues happening where our body becomes deprived of these nutrients. We can also start to see imbalances to the digestive enzymes. And when that happens, you can't break down your food properly. All right. And then what happens is issue with your bile, then you can't break down fat properly. And that's huge. And one of the, you know, leads to some of the most chronic symptoms like fat malabsorption is not nice, like lots of pain, burping, and things like that. Um, and you can also get malnutrition because of SIBO, right? Like nutrients aren't absorbing, aren't being digested, and therefore like iron deficiency, B12 deficiency, like magnesium, all of those things that are responsible for being absorbed in the small bowel can't get absorbed properly, and then you end up with you know secondary effects. So it's really, really important for these reasons, right? We want to be digesting and absorbing. We want to have a good functioning small intestine. So that's why SIBO is really important and why we shouldn't be, you know, overlooking it. And when we um, treat SIBO, why patients can get so much relief. Um, and also, like when you when you think about this, it's why when we give something as simple as dietary suggestions or Uh, digestive enzymes to patients with SIBO, it can help so much. All right. So I think it's really interesting. And when we start to break it down and look at things from a bigger picture, it can really start to make sense. So I hope that, you know, this is kind of painting a little bit of a picture about what's going on. And, um, you know, you may already be feeling like, oh, yes, I can see some of this stuff might be happening for me. Now, let's talk a little bit about um, snacking because this is really common um, and it's most likely not going to be benefiting your IBS and SIBO, all right? And I think that, you know, one of the primary and most important mechanisms is the failing 
of our migrating motor complex in SIBO and how that becomes underfunctioning and we're not getting that clearance of, of bacteria. So if you could think about it, you know, its primary role is to sweep through the small intestine, moving uh, the bacteria or any waste along and into the large intestine for th further digestion. All right. I also say to my patients, like if you could just like imagine like a little motor sitting in your small intestine and it's just, you know, saying out you go like a wave kind of, you know, and this is happening multiple times a day. So I want you to think about today while you're listening right now, if that, when a motor stops working, what happens? And if that motor in your gut stops working, then you're not going to get that clearance. You're not going to get that sweeping and, and that wave occurring in your small bowel. All right. Now, in particular, the MMC, so that is the migrating motor complex, actually roughly around every 90 to 100 minutes will sweep your gut, right? And kind of clean up the bacteria um, and prevent it from overgrowing. All right. So when we think about our dietary principles and our eating practices, I want you to have a think about if you were eating and drinking constantly, how that might impact the migrating motor complex. Okay. So this includes anything from uh, a biscuit to a cup of tea, to your coffee, to a piece of fruit, or a full mean meal, sorry. It doesn't have to just be, you know, um, food. It can be your drinks and, and snacks as well. So I think when we start to think about the underlying processes and how we're constantly activating that digestive system, system and requiring it to break down, we're not giving it the break that it needs. And then it can't sweep enough times right? Due to that consistent eating or drinking. And this can actually lead to SIBO and that overgrowth of bacteria. Okay. So ideally what I would like to challenge you to do, if you were an epic snacker, uh, I would love you to trial just eating three meals a day. Okay. And ideally I say four to five hours apart, if you're anyone like me <laughs> listening, you will, you'll get to four hours and you'll be ravenous. I tend to have a really fast metabolism um, and I get to four hours and I'm like, give me food or I'm going to like get hangry. <laughs> um, but some patients, um, their metabolism can stretch a little bit further um, and you could get to that five hour mark as well. All right. So I want you to trial four hours apart, three meals a day where you're not snacking and drinking between meals. You can have water between meals, um, and that could be plain water, um, even if you just wanted to put a little bit of like fresh ginger in there and lemon, just the juice. I think that would be fine. All right. And I want you to see how you feel by just implementing this one thing and come back and let me know. Like, come and say hi on Instagram or send me an email at hello at carlyraven.com and let me know if this helps you. Does this reduce your symptoms? Does it make a big difference to you? All right. Essentially, what you're aiming to do is give your body time to digest and absorb its nutrients so that migrating motor complex can sweep out the bacteria 
before the next meal begins. All right. Now, if you going, if you're like, oh my goodness, like this is going to be really, really hard. I'm, you know, uh, you're already getting resistance. I say start somewhere. Start small. Set a small goal in between this. You know, if this is like completely different to what you're currently doing, maybe this needs to be something that you do over the next month, right? Um, and just set really small, tangible changes. Um, or you might be someone who's like all in or nothing and you'll just go, yep, I'm going to completely change this. Just see how you go. All right. And, um, yeah, let me know if it works for you. Um, and you know, it is just a simple dietary change. Um, will it fix your SIBO completely? Potentially not. It really depends on what part of the journey you're on. You do need to look at treating the underlying SIBO as well as implementing something like this. Um, you know, and there's a heap more things that you can do to make your SIBO, you know, more resistant, like nervous system training. Obviously, this meal spacing will help making bodily movement every day, um, even taking digestive enzymes and stomach acid support, and then obviously treating the small bowel if there is SIBO as well. So will it fix your IBS or SIBO? Maybe not. Will it help with your symptoms and help that migrating motor complex? Absolutely. So it is definitely worth trialing. Let me know what you think and I will catch you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Did you like what you heard? Please leave me a review. Would you like to join the Nourish Gut community? Then come and find me over on Facebook and Instagram. If you would like to know more about how to work with me or how to order a SIBO breath test, jump on my website. All of the links can be found in the show notes. See you next time on the Nourish Gut podcast.